Hey guys, so this is the second episode of Deliberating Deja. Okay, I'm on the right page. Sorry, I had to make sure I was on the right page. So, obviously, I'm not going to get any views the first time around, so uh, from my knowledge, I've had no comments on last week's episode. Well, let me start by talking about some stuff about last week. I'm going to start with Again, sorry that I'm actually my tongue's on vibrated now that I'm thinking about it. So last week I talked, we, I, me and Ryan talked about uh, Marvel a lot, mostly, and I wanted to bring up a couple of things from that. So from last week, talking about Marvel and the characters, I wanted to bring up a point about how I think audiences should have more of an open mind when it comes to characters and movies like yes I understand that we all grow up with these characters but in some situations you just have to be open-minded definitely with superheroes so that's why even though I'm a huge X-Men fan and I've grown up with it for so many years I am fine with them possibly changing the characters because I would love to see what they do um, just because they might possibly change their race doesn't change the fact that the characters are still the same. They're just going to be a different color, which is fine, in my opinion. But if you guys want to agree, uh, disagree with me, I'm all for it. And that's why I have this podcast, is to have a open place for everyone to disagree. So that's definitely one thing I wanted to bring up. There's some stuff that get worse, but I mean, um, that's a little bit more difficult to get into. Because <laughs> it was just more questions that I had, like, just rewording questions, kind of. So, we're going to start with our daily, our weekly uh, book review, or book talk, book talk, uh, over It Gets Worse. So, this week I read three more chapters. The first chapter I'm going to talk about is Chub Rub. And mostly this chapter is just about him discovering that he wants to be a film director, doesn't need to go to school for that. And I relate a lot to this because I am in the media business or entertainment business. And a lot of people, when I was about to finish school, told me I don't really need it. School for me, I did learn a little bit from like what I want to do post-production, which is editing and all of that. Um, I will say that the school taught me a little bit here and there about it, but not too much. I will say the most I gained from the school was learning about like networking and then the whole, the whole process of making a film, like from pre-production to production to post-production. I definitely learned way more than what I could have learned by on my own or in the field. Let me clean my glasses really quick. Um, and in my opinion, I probably would have been fine without going to school or anything. I could have just gotten a general education and been fine. But in my opinion, I think I benefited a little bit more since I want to be an editor or a colorist. I can understand being wanting to be a film director or film writer or anything like that and not wanting to go to school 
because that's stuff that school can't really teach you. They can teach you the basics, but they're not going to teach you. They will teach you how you get your script bought or how to direct a film, but that doesn't mean people are going to hire you based on where you went to school. And, I mean, other than if you go to the big schools, but even then, you still have a reputation to uphold. You're not, people aren't going to keep hiring you if you keep messing up just because you went to a very fancy film school. And I think when Shane Dawson was going to school, like, to be a film director, it was a lot different. Now, with the film business being so big that it is, and with YouTube and everything, it's a little bit different. You can get your film out there in so many different ways, and I think going to film school really helped me realize that. Realize, like, everything that's going on and, like, what, like, how to network myself and how to sell myself, because really this entertainment business is you gotta sell yourself. That's all you have to do. Like, sell yourself and then show them that you can actually do the work. And I think that's a lot of people's mistake is they think they just need to be able to do the creative part, but you need to be able to do both the creative and the social part. And yes, sometimes I do struggle on the social part, but I've worked on it over the years and still suck. So I got a couple more years to go. <laughs> but it's true. It's just you gotta keep in this industry you gotta keep like proving yourself no matter where what stage you are. Otherwise if you have a bad project or you fail at one thing, that's gonna hold. Like that like a lot of people's are a lot of people's careers are ruined off of one mistake. One. And that one mistake could be your career and in this industry it's so hard to not make one mistake. So, and sometimes you get multiple mistakes but it just depends on what the first mistake was. If the first mistake is a big mistake, ooh, don't know if you're going to be in this industry very long. Um, but that's my general thing. So my question to you guys for this is for Chubb Rupp, he realized that he didn't need to go to school in order to pursue his dreams. So in your life, what have you realized that you did not need in order to fulfill one dream? Um, to, fill, to fulfill a dream. And I will say one thing I realized is I didn't need to go to a very, very fancy film school. I went to a very generic film school that was a trade school and for-profit school, but I benefited, I benefited from it. I've gotten tons of work from it because of the people I met there, um, and a lot of those people still are, like, we're all slowly graduating, but a lot of my friends who didn't graduate from that school have gotten me work from other places. The second chapter I read this week was called Friends Without Benefit. This chapter didn't really resonate with me per se because I've never had a situation, okay, that's a lie. I've never had a situation that's gone this far with um, being in the friend zone. I've had situations, which I don't know if they're on YouTube at this point, uh, where I misread something and it happens a lot uh, and it's weird because you would think females getting friend zone that's not a thing it is a thing 
and I will say I friendzoned a lot of people. But I don't think I friendzoned to the point of the person in this book did to Shane, which is like terrible. Being friendzoned is the worst, but being friendzoned for so long is even way worse. And I will say my experience with being friendzoned, it, I don't know. So I have, a, I have some problems with, uh, not with the term friendzone, but like with how people think you're being friendzoned. So I have a ton of guy friends and a lot of them, yes, I would be attracted to. But of course, I'm a very weird person. I'm very, very weird. If you haven't figured it out, I'm a very weird person. Um, so a lot of the guys don't see me as girls or as a girl. They see me as one of the guys. And I know that's weird to think. It's weird to think that guys could see a girl as a guy, but it's true. And I'm still, like all my high school guy friends, I'm still, there's only been two guys in my friend in my high school guy group okay maybe three three guys from my high school from my whole high school friend like friends that have been like oh I like you and or something has happened um, and the rest of them do I think they're cute and attractive of course do I think anything will come from it? No, because they don't see me as that, as, a, like, they don't see me, I won't say as a girl, but they don't see me more as a friend, which I can relate to with Shane. I've never had the experience, okay, I have had the experience of being rejected, which happened my freshman year of high school. I had a situation where, I don't know if this is on camera, I wasn't, I don't think I was blocking it, but I had a situation where a guy, who I was, who was my best, best friend in eighth grade. I don't know if we were best friends seventh grade. I think we were best friends seventh or eighth grade. One of those years we were best friends and then we dated in eighth grade. And then we stopped talking because we couldn't be friends. And then one of my friends came over and then we pranked, called him and then we became friends again and we were friends for a while. And then my freshman year, I would call him every day when I was walking home because I didn't want I didn't have the guts to tell a guy that I didn't want to be friends with him so I would just I would call him to talk on the phone with him so he wouldn't bother me and I know that's really mean but back then I wasn't that mean of a person I'm still not that mean as a person I'm sometimes a little mean but not to tell someone straight to their face like I don't you're weird like I don't want to talk to you like I don't want to be friends with you because that's mean um, and he was a nice guy and I just, in my freshman year I didn't want to be judged and I had a very big problem with that my freshman year, definitely since I was getting bullied, but, um, so I would call him, this guy who I dated in 8th grade, um, or we were boyfriend and girlfriend, I won't say dated, we never went on any dates, I don't think, uh, and then all of a sudden he stopped answering my calls and I never got an explanation for it ever. I still don't think I got an explanation for it actually. Um, and then sophomore year I saw him again and we became friends and then he moved away and we ended up getting together but then 
some stuff went down, and now we're not friends, and I thought about this on my card bite the other day. There's been situations where I wish I could just be friends with him again, because he was a good friend, and I don't know. I've always thought about just friending him on Facebook and seeing what happens, and do I still have feelings for this person? A little bit. But, obviously, fate has told me that it will never work out, but I need more friends. You always need more friends. Definitely, definitely me sometimes where I get super lonely and I have no one to talk to and no one to hang out with. Definitely the hanging out part. Um, so, maybe one day I will reach out. Maybe I'll do it today. We'll see. I'm just nervous about what doors they will open which hopefully is not because I'm very happy with Ryan but obviously I'm happy with him and he's made my life a whole bunch better but I just need friends like I have my friend Michael and he's amazing and I don't know what I would do to at this point if we weren't friends he's made me realize a lot about myself because he knows me so well um, my question to you guys for this chapter is, do you think, how hard is it to be friends with someone you had very, very strong feelings for? I've had this happen two times in my life, two, three times. Um, the two hardest ones were definitely the one I just, the story I just told you guys, and um, a more recent sore, not recent, but um, before me and Ryan were dating, like way before we were dating, um, there's a guy who it just never worked out and I'm happy for him, he's married now, but in the back of my mind it will always hurt that it could never, like it never happened between us and I always think what if, what if it would have happened, what if I just would have waited, like what would happen and it's always bad to think what ifs, but we're I won't say we're friends. We were civil. I don't mind being friends with him, but it does hurt a little bit to talk to him. But I'm happy that he's happy, and that is that. <laughs> so the third chapter I read was called Word Vomit, and this one was hard to read, like really hard, because he was talking about how he was bulimic and purging. And I've never, what are, what are the words, I've never experienced, that, experienced this because I have a very high metabolism and I'm very blessed to be skinny. Um, and not everyone grows up that way. And I understand it's hard. I've had, I've had, I've had problems with my body before because of when I started to gain a little weight here and there, I started to think I wasn't pretty anymore. Which is weird because you're like, I'm thinking to myself now, I can't believe I just have a little, little tummy and that's a problem. Like in my mind, I'm like, I gotta stop eating. Which is sad, but that's how our society is. All females and males uh, want to live to this expectation of being perfect and the magazines 
And even those people work just as hard. And I think social media has shed a light on that a lot because a lot of the people I watch on social media, that I follow on social media, shows all the hard work that they go through and shows that they're working out and eating healthy. And it's hard to accept that. You're like, I don't want to do that. They're not doing that. No way. Uh, another thing, the main reason why it was hard to read about other than that was because he knew we had a problem, but the next day it was like it went away. And I think that could go for a lot of things when you tell yourself in the mirror, I'm going to stop this. When I was in high school, there were a lot of situations where I would hurt myself, not cutting. I would do the rubber band tactic, I would do just rubbing my wrist, like giving myself an Indian burn, and to me that was, that's how I felt better. Um, and I knew it was bad and I knew I should talk to someone, but I never got the guts to do it because I was scared of what people would think. This girl, definitely in high school, this girl who was super preppy and super happy and super uplifting all the time, never, I won't say never complained, never seemed like she had any home problems or any mental problems, all of a sudden is the one who's hurting herself and wants to kill herself. And that's hard for people to accept. It's hard for people to even nowadays when I tell people that I was depressed and I wanted to kill myself 70% of high school I wanted to kill myself people are like wait really because I don't seem like that type of person which I understand that I am not the typical emo depressing person I'm just a look like a normal mixed girl who looks at probably people think I was a cheerleader in high school and that I dated the football players and that I wasn't a nerd. <laughs> Little do they know. But in my opinion, it's hard to tell when you have a problem. It's not hard to tell. It's hard to get rid of that problem. Because once you admit you have a problem, the real struggle is telling people you need help and telling everyone what's going on in your life and I think people eventually get to the point where they break but sometimes people don't go get to that point they just keep doing it to the point of dying and then that's when they break obviously and it's it's sad but it's true the fact that people say they don't have a problem or they say they have a problem, they're like, this is the last time. But then they keep doing it because they forget. Because they want that high. Because they want that, that, that thing in the back of their mind to be satisfied. It's, it's hard to get rid of that. And it's always a struggle. Always. And I resonate with Shane here when he says that every day he struggles to not do it. Every day he struggles. And I, I don't struggle every day. There are some days where I feel more depressed than others. And in my opinion, I wouldn't really call it depression. I would more call it a 
I don't know, just a really deep sadness. Just not to the point where I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. It's more to the point of, I just need someone to talk to, but I don't know what I want to say. You know, I just want company, but I don't know what kind of company. I just want someone there with me to just be in the same room. I'm very bad at being alone because I'm scared of my own thoughts. So, yeah. So my question to you guys is, what should you do when you know you have a problem and you want to get rid of it? What should you do? Because you could say going to someone and telling them, but that's just as hard as admitting you have a problem, is trying to tell it to someone else. So I want to hear you guys' ideas of what you, would you, how would you, what are the steps to getting rid of your problem, basically? So, I didn't watch any new movies. Oh wait, I did watch a con- I didn't really watch it, never mind. I was gonna say, I watched a comedy special, I watched Dave Chappelle's comedy special, but I didn't really watch it. Ooh, excuse me. What did I watch Friday? I don't really watch anything either Friday, I just went to bed. Uh, so I didn't really watch anything. I did watch, um, the last episode of The Act. But I'm gonna talk about that for my Friday, so I'm not gonna talk about it here. Um, so we're gonna get into the things I thought that were wow this week. So Monday, Lily Singh, Superwoman, got her own late night show, and I didn't watch it, of course. But I think it's a good step for YouTubers because this is someone who's been grinding and trying to be funny and trying to get an audience everything for so long and she's super funny and she's maintained that she's shown that youtubers can be decent people and be great people and be very successful in everything that they do so i'm very very happy that um she's getting her own like late night show it's very interesting and i can't wait to maybe watch an episode one day maybe if there's some youtubers on there because that's hilarious um that's really what i think i think that's what's in my mind, that's going to end up being the best thing for YouTubers is if she gets her own show and she brings on her YouTube friends, like, just see the TV network viewings go skyrocket because all these teenagers and all these people who are obsessed with YouTube are like, oh, I gotta watch it now because they're going to be on TV um, and not on YouTube for once. So it's really interesting and I'm really excited to see how this one TV show goes on to more TV shows with YouTubers. Next thing I want to talk about. On Tuesday, I read something about Saved by the Bell reboot. And a lot of networks are doing their own streaming services, which is not fun because it is putting a debt into people's wallets, mostly millennials. Um, and I think they definitely know that. That's why they're doing the Saved by the Bell reboot. Because we grew up with that, most of us, I think. I watched a lot growing up. But they're doing a reboot that's only going to be on their streaming service, which is going to be called Peacock. Um, and NBC, by the way. Let me preface that. NBC is doing um, Peacock. Uh, and basically, the, the premise of this is Zach Morris becomes governor of California and he decides to shut down all the low-income schools 
and so far I believe obviously Zach Morris is part of it and Mario Lopez and <sighs> sorry about that Mario Lopez and Elizabeth whatever um, soprano right is her name soprano on the show I don't remember they're they're signed on to do it and of course I'm gonna want to watch it so I might be I might end up be I might end up purchasing Peacock just so I can watch this and then cancel it um, I don't know it's just it sucks because there's so many good shows that are only on these exclusive streaming devices or streaming yeah, streaming devices or streaming things and you have to have them in order to watch these shows and it sucks and I think that's really gonna hurt not them obviously they're just gonna get more fucking money but it's gonna hurt like the millennials and people going forward who don't want cable and like I want cable but I can't have it because I can't afford it and I think with having all these like all these services it's gonna suck for the people who don't have cable and only pay for services because it's just gonna rack up it's become just as much for every service like it's gonna be just as much as cable by the end of it with how many people are doing streaming services so we'll see how that goes we'll see how it causes a dent in our pockets millennials yeah on Wednesday I saw a thing called Free Britney and this is definitely a topic I want to get into because it's very interesting. I actually read an article on it. So I go onto Twitter and I see hashtag free Britney and I'm like what did Britney Spears go to jail? First thought. Second thought is what she go to jail for? Um, is she going crazy again? The answer to all that is none of it's true. So basically since since Britney Spears has had her mental breakdown a couple in 2007 or whatever, her dad has had legal, um, legal control over her finances and everything that she owns because she was mentally unstable and the courts saw that. And so they gave, um, they gave it to her, him, and then also I believe her lawyer or like his lawyer and recently her dad has gone to has been sick in the hospital and the lawyer backed out of being this controver or whatever however you say that name um controvery or whatever just having legal financial control over britney spears's money and everything and for a while people have been like free Britney, it's been like 10 years, it's been like way more than 10 years, she's obviously able to financially, like she's mentally stable to control her own finances. So when her dad got sick, she cancelled her Las Vegas show, which just got renewed, she cancelled some other things, but mostly the Vegas show, which brings in a lot of money. Um, so a lot of people just go to Vegas to go to that show and um, her dad got sick and for a while people have been saying that they like they need they need to financially like let her be responsible it's because 
her and her dad have had so many problems. And obviously she's like, no, I mean, my dad cool. Uh, and a lot of people think that he is telling her say this. And she, she says that, or she went to one of the meetings for like her financial stuff and everything. And people are like, wait, what? And so that caused a lot of, uh, that caused more of an uproar when it came to her getting control of everything herself. And another thing I found that found out that was interesting was the fact that her baby daddy of her children filed a restraining order between the kids and him, which is very interesting to me because how is it, and apparently it was because the father was using, or the grandfather was using force with the kids and like abusing them. And so my, the thing that's weird to me, like out of everything, is the fact that this baby daddy filed a restraining order, but Brittany didn't. And Brittany is still caring about her dad when her dad is abusing her children. And it's very interesting to me because I don't care who you are. If you touch my children, I don't even have kids yet. If you touch my children, I'm going to slap you. And I feel like that's any parent's reaction, except for Brittany, which is very odd, which makes me think this is not, this is more than just him controlling her finances. This is him controlling her life, which is very weird because she's like almost 40 and he's still controlling her and you about to pass away because you're getting sick. Like who knows what will happen now, but those are my thoughts on this situation. Just the fact this is the whole the whole Britney thing. Britney is a very weird case to begin with, but I think this is turning out to be even more weird, in my opinion, because now her kids aren't like directly involved, but they're a part of the story now between Britney and the father. Because now there's an obstacle between the father and her kids where the kids can never go near their grandpa because of the restraining order, which is really interesting. I cannot wait to see what happens with that. So, Thursday, Shia LaBeouf was on Hot Ones, and I did watch it. This one I did watch, the Lily thing I didn't watch. This thing was so funny. So when I saw this, me and my coworker geeked out because we both love Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> which is weird. Let me explain. So I love Shia LaBeouf because he's so weird and out there. I find it so interesting that he just does not give a shit about what anyone else thinks. And to me, that's entertaining because that's how I think all celebrities to be should be. I love that he will just disappear for a couple of months or a year and come back randomly. It's so great. So he has two new movies coming out, or he has a movie that's already out and a movie that's coming out that will only be available November 8th. So you know what I'm doing November 8th, watching this movie. Uh, it's called Honey Boy. And apparently it's audio, autobiographic, um, kind of based on Shia LaBeouf's life. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. Um, the first movie is called Peanut Butter Falcon. Apparently it's been getting raves, so I cannot wait to see this movie. 
he um it was interesting seeing seeing him on hot ones because he is just a normal dude he does not try and like do the celebrity life like he doesn't care he just talks normally and it was very funny watching him eat those hot wings like very funny he's like oh this is hot um and some of the stories that he was telling was pretty funny i liked him i just like his i just I just like how he lives life. He just doesn't care. He has some money, but doesn't care. Uh, he has an interesting style. He goes off of shapes. I like that. All for it, Shiloh. Um, and I just love him. He's a good dude. He really is. And it's it's crazy to think that people don't like him because I love him as an actor and he brought up an interesting point about being people calling him a method a method actor because he's not a method actor because he doesn't throw himself into a character like let's say Jared Little did with the Joker he his per his uh his appearance will be the character but he will still be Shiloh until he's acting until he has to go on, um, which is very interesting to me, and I think that's what method acting should be: is you appear as the character, but you don't go to the length of being that character a hundred percent of the time until your role is done. And I think that's what method acting should be, and not what it is, because sometimes method acting goes to a little too far. Uh, so I think it's better, the way that Shia, Shia does it is way better um, overall uh, for method acting and I think that's where method acting should go, uh, in my opinion. So next and final thing I want to talk about, I didn't watch it, I watched it today, I didn't watch it Friday but I forgot to look up something for Friday so I'm going to talk about it today. I'm going to talk about it for my Friday. I finished the act. And for those of you who don't know what the act is, the act is a Hulu exclusive show about a girl and a mother who the mother was making the girl think she was sick when she wasn't and putting all these lies in the girl's head and the girl figures it out and then starts rebelling. And in this rebelling stage, she had a boyfriend and the boyfriend had a has multiple personality disorder and one of those multiple personalities is a killer uh, and she tells him I want you to kill my mother so I can be free and then they out themselves by posting it on Facebook and I think this show is very interestingly done it's done interestingly because it's based on true events but obviously things are dramatized and I really like it I love the characters. They're so interesting because you see the girl who is terrified of her mother but still says she loves her, which is very interesting. And then you have the mother who is getting this money from her daughter and making everyone out to be a bad guy. But then she actually does really care about her daughter and she doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. And then we have this boy who doesn't know what he's doing, but he just knows that he loves her. And it's, it's a very interesting ending. Um, I'm gonna spoil it because it's on Hulu. If you wanna watch it, go watch it now. It's all on Hulu. Um, 
she ends up pleading guilty because of all these false things. So she only gets second degree murder and she goes to prison for 10 years and, and like she plans on having a family, which good for her. I just think it's going to be hard for her because people are going to think she's a liar even though she didn't do anything. She didn't know that she, she couldn't help because she was fearing for her life by her mother. Her mother fucking beat her. Like that's crazy. Um, I would be scared of my mom too. She made me do stuff like that and then beat me when I tried to not do it. <laughs> uh, and then the boy, he has, I think it said like, life in prison with no potential parole. Which sucks for him because he was just doing it for her. And I think that's a little messed up, but definitely says he has multiple personality disorder, apparently. So, um, it just sucks because he has to live in life in prison, she gets to get out, but it was all her plan. Uh, that's just my opinion on the situation. It was a very good show. I liked it more towards the end when it started becoming more current events. Um, I didn't like it when it would do flashbacks and stuff, but I liked it when it got more to the current events. One thing that I did like about the show was when she first kisses a guy, and that was really interesting. The first real act of rebellion was she, I really didn't think she was going to go with her mom um, when she goes to that guy for help, we go to that guy for help, and I'm really sad I didn't show up. Uh, I really am. I really wanted him to show up, to be honest. Uh, all the actors were good too. They were awesome. Um, and yeah, um, the show's good. I highly recommend it for anyone who likes crime drama. Um, it's mostly, I will say it's mostly drama than anything. It's mostly drama. It gets more to towards crime towards the end of it, like within four episodes of it. Um, so, but that's all I've got to talk about. That. Uh, so I got a couple questions in there for you guys. I'll leave them in the comments down below just in case you need them written down or written out. Um, please leave your answers or anything you want to discuss with me for next episode down in the comments below, either on SoundCloud or on YouTube. Um, filming this so it's on video form if you're listening on SoundCloud and on YouTube you can go listen to this on SoundCloud if you want to listen to it on the go. Uh, second episode Deliberating Deja. All my links down are down below and so is my friend Josephine who did my art cover or my art for my podcast. Go support her. Please subscribe, please like, please share um, and if you guys want me to talk about anything I'm open to it. So I will see you guys next week. Bye!